Coming up today on In the News, fires continue to burn in Saskatchewan's north and already politicians creating issues with it. It's also been almost a month since Bill C-51 has been signed into law, but what does it all really mean? Also coming up, there's a new trend called sunburning tattoos. What's going on and why are children doing this? We're going to take a look at that as well. Thank you for joining us today. I am Kaylee Gelman, and beside me is the one and only Mr. Brady Knight. Glad to be here. Thank you uh, very much also for joining us for our very first episode of In the News. Yeah, you know, a little something new. Glad to have you here. Uh, hope you stay tuned. It's, it's, it's going to be good. This is going to be yeah, good. We're, we're going to have fun. some fun. Um, we got all kinds of stuff uh, going on. And I guess we were starting off with something that's basically been headlines for the last week and a half now, uh, and the wildfires burning up north. And it's just not stopping, not slowing down. It's slowly getting worse. Yeah, in some respects, it's 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 been up and down depending on who you are and where you are, uh, but it's definitely not something that's going away anytime soon. Uh, a lot of these, especially in the f- really rural parts, uh, the isolated forested areas, they were saying could still be burning when the snow starts falling this fall. Really? Yeah. No, some of these have been going, are just that big and they're just not contained at all. And uh, of course, some communities, especially uh, LaRange, still being threatened by those flames. So The fires, the, like, they're in the backyards almost in LaRange. They're right on the edge of town. Like they were, I think, depending on the day, anywhere from two to four kilometers away. So I don't you Can you just imagine that waking up on, especially that day when they finally said you have to get out and seeing those flames as you're driving out? I don't know. I just can't imagine that. But you're talking about politicians being tied in with these natural disasters. Okay. Elaborate, please. Okay. Enlighten so, me. so every time you have a natural disaster, uh, politicians make the rounds and they go see the evacuees and we've seen uh, both brad wall cambroton do that uh, the governor general was here the other day uh, david johnston was in town uh, visiting evacuees you see people make trips up to the front lines visit the people there and i don't know you've come to expect it it doesn't make me change my feelings towards them one way or another it doesn't have any impact on me but what really gets to me is when they start making a political issue during the actual emergency situation. And that happens, that's not just with what's going on in up north right now. That happens with everything. Exactly. No, it doesn't matter where you go, what happens. And in this case, there was something that came up that has kind of been dubbed the 20 kilometer rule, which was a policy that may or may not be there depending on who you talk well, to. Well, that was my other question is that I'd, I'd seen this uh, article floating around on Facebook and, um, oh, trusty Facebook. All right. right. <laughs> and uh, then I read through some of the comments and some people are saying that um, it's not actually like an, a policy that it's... So what is it then? If it's not an actual policy to some, it's just something people are making up i don't know if anybody's totally uh figured out if it's actually written in a policy handbook somewhere i think it might be a general guideline that a lot of people have been going to of course that 20 kilometers is referring to not really trying to uh contain or making a serious effort to contain a forest fire until it's within 20 kilometers 
of a community and is starting to pose a, a risk to the people living in that community. Do you not think if that if this policy was to be correct, and it is something that's actually being followed, um, and not saying that it is, but do you not think if that we just kind of ignore that policy that maybe we wouldn't be in the situation that we're in now? That if you, when a forest fire starts and it starts to the point where it's starting to spread and kind of there's a red flag there, even though it's farther than 20 kilometers away from a community, do you not think if you start there to contain it that we wouldn't be in this problem where we have thousands and thousands of evacuees from this? I think a lot of what it would come down to would be resources. I mean, anywhere from, it's usually been hovering around that 113 mark lately, the number of fires that are actively burning in northern Saskatchewan, and just the amount of resources that you have to dedicate to each one in order to contain it. I'm thinking that when, in a normal year, you just don't have those kinds of resources. And of course, this is not a normal year no, for forest fires. No, this is a freaking hot year that we're having Oh, it's so hot, far. it's dry, there's been absolutely no rain in just about anywhere in the province, let alone up north where they really, and really could use it. And it doesn't help when you have some little children that think it's cool to start fires too. Yeah, and uh, Hall Lake, for those that don't know, there was uh, about, I believe, six fires that they determined were deliberately set uh, during the evacuation of that community, which just blows your mind. I would love to know what's going through the mind of the person who did that. Actually, I no, know. I wouldn't be able to understand it, so I don't want to yeah. know. In any event, so with this whole 20-kilometer policy, uh, several people came out swinging after this came out, including the provincial NDP who basically pledged to have a full look into the firefighting policies across Saskatchewan. <laughs> and you know what? Political Brady is coming out now. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know what? That's good. It's always important to re-examine policies and stuff. And a lot of these things don't get brought up unless something bad happens. It's terrible, but it's just the way it works with government. It just doesn't come up. It's not important unless and, it's in your backyard. Well, exactly. Right? And some of them are outdated many, many years. However, you don't need to be bringing it up during the actual disaster. You can't let emotions run disaster relief efforts. It just doesn't work like that. And I've been in the middle of disasters before, more specifically a flood. Not the same thing, opposite problem, but, and, and I understand the emotion that people start to feel, but you can't let that dictate policy when things like this are happening. And it just blows my mind. And I mean, I know it's an election year and everybody's trying to get an election edge. Election year or not, everything is a campaign. It doesn't exactly. matter what's going on. Politics are always first for everything. And everything is going to be campaigned. Even look at for like the Calgary Stampede and the federal leaders are going out there and doing already they're campaigning out at just a fun event. Like, I just I don't understand why these things need to be happening. Focus on the problem. Focus on the people and stop using them as a way to get votes. Well, exactly. Like. Photo ops or not, that makes no difference in my heart. But when you start to bring in, like I say, trying to create debate around policy, well, there's still hundreds of people up on the front lines in bulldozers with fire hoses, running water bombers. It's just you got your priorities completely wrong. 
All right. Well, also out farther west in British Columbia, they're not only dealing with some forest fires of their own that's causing major issues, but they're also having problems with transit in Vancouver. They are. Uh, Recently, there is actually a referendum uh, on a 0.5% sales tax increase that would go towards funding major infrastructure projects, in particular transit for the next little while and some much needed uh, repairs. There was actually a $7.5 billion regional transportation plan that this was supposed to help fund. Uh, Different places in the states have done similar things. Uh, Seattle, Los Angeles, uh, Denver all have these similar kinds of taxes in place or had them in place for a time. But in Vancouver, 61%, almost 62% of voters rejected it. Uh, They had about a 45% turnout. It was actually a mail-in ballot. You didn't go out to a polling station or anything. This was a mail-in thing. Um, But 62% of people said, no, we don't want this. Wait, wait, wait. So not even half of the people actually voted on this, though? No, I think they said it was higher than the last time they'd had something like that out, but... Come uh, on, people. Why is it that hard? I'm not going to talk about transit. I'm going to talk about... Is it that hard to write on a piece of paper and say, yeah, nay, I don't want this. I think whatever about this and send it back? Apparently. Or can you even... You probably can do it online. You can, you can do everything online nowadays. So... Really? You can't even have half of the people to vote on this? You'd think when it comes to taxes, people are pretty passionate about that sort of thing. You'd think it'd be a little uh, bit higher. Yeah. But no, That so, blows my mind. I'm sorry. That completely blows my mind. I don't know. And I mean, you're seeing it in federal elections, too. And That's provincial true. elections, even municipally, where you'd normally see a higher turnout, even that's been dropping off no one in, wants to in vote. recent years. It's not the cool Ain't thing no one do. got time for that. <laughs> um, so, so anyways, in Vancouver, they rejected this. So it got me thinking, what would happen if we had something similar here in Regina? And we had that sort of vote for some sort of a tax increase to support transit. How would that go over? Well, my first question would be, does this include um, anything to do with bikers? because why not let's let's say it does because i bike well okay i used to bike until some idiot stole my bike seat yeah i had to say that and then so when i did bike i would bike like four blocks to my work and you know how terrifying that can be sometimes sometimes i've had people just coming out of nowhere and i can't tell if i'm gonna get hit or not and on the other hand if i go on the sidewalk you know how many people i'm ticking off I almost ran over an old lady because I didn't know which way she was going. And it's easier for her to walk in the grass than it is for me to go up in the grass. Okay, rant over. So if they're going to include something to do with bikes, because I don't take buses. I, I never have. And I probably never will. I have a car. I have a bike. I'm good to go. But they need stuff like that. So if they're going to start including something to do with bikes and, you know, obviously like the buses and everything, because we do. We need something to help with transit because it is awful for people who take the bus. Well, see, that's what I hear. And I I am by far not an expert on transit. I've been living in the city now for just shy of two years. I have taken transit a grand total of once. (laughs) Hey, that's more than me. But, and and like, I didn't find anything overly horrible about it. It's just never very 
convenient for That's the when I'm doing That's the biggest things. problem is the convenience. Call that a first world problem or something. But even like the schedules and everything. I remember when I, a couple years ago, uh, it's like my third year of university and I decided I'm not going to get a park pass or a, yeah, parking pass at the university. Right. Um, and I looked at getting a bus pass and started commuting on the bus from the East End when I lived there to the university in the South End for those who don't know. That was it. Nothing. Absolutely not. I would have had to wait an hour early, like, or go to the bus at an hour before my class start just so I can maybe make it on time. And then who knows when the bus will be around for to pick me up because it's just, I never know. And then if I'm out at the school late, well, is there even, how do I get home? If there's no more buses, how do I get home? Am I going to taxi home or something? Well, even if you're just working odd hours, right? If you're working super early in the morning, like I happen to be at work now at three in the morning, you you can't take the bus. Or when I'm leaving work at three Three in the the morning, morning. (laughs) there's no bus for me to take either. So they do. They really need something. And if it's going to be a 0.5%... Is it really that big of a problem? Some people would say, you know, it's another little dig in. Fees for things are going up in the city for using pools and stuff, for renting things out, nickel and diming. It'd be interesting to at least look into it, though. Yeah. I would like to see that vote happen here. Um, yeah. Let us know what you guys think. Would you vote yes? Would you vote no? I don't I know. Need, what, I need details. I don't know what I would do. I Too know. soon. I don't know. We'll follow this. We'll see what happens. Follow up. All right. Thanks for uh, sticking around for our two seconds little break there. Yeah, we know it's a little time glad we can keep your attention so moving on to our third topic last month ish was uh the bill c51 right that got passed into legislative was that what it was yeah no it was officially signed into it's law law. law. it's good it was passed by like it had gotten through the house back in may with a vote of like i think it was 18396 was the final vote in the house and then it passed the senate uh on june the 9th and here we are, and it's officially law. Okay. That is kind of scary. A lot of people have been saying that. For a couple reasons. And I think the main point, too, that I really want to emphasize is why it's scary is that not a lot of people know what is being talked about when you hear Bill C-51. Well, and I think it's the same with just about anything that's been going through Parliament lately. But, I mean, that one especially, everybody knows the name of it, but... I think you're right that just nobody knows the substance behind it and what exactly it does and doesn't entail. I'm hearing a lot, and I was reading on a Canadian journalism um, website the other day, that it's being called almost like a... They're they're implementing it as a terrorist, terrorism... And anti-terrorism bill. Yeah, legislative. And it's almost opposite of that well it's it's trying to be an anti-terrorist law but at the same time it's like it's turning into an anti-freedom law well and i think it 
a lot of it came off the heels of the Parliament Hill shootings back in October. It took them a while for it to, for them to actually introduce it, but I think that's where a lot of it came that from. That kind of pushed it and got, and, it, and got the ball rolling. Exactly. And so basically their two points in it were allowing info sharing between government and all kinds of other agencies, uh, Revenue Canada, Health Canada, the RCMP, just giving them uh, more information sharing, giving more powers to uh, police and CSIS as well. Those are the two kind of main things to uh, basically anyone who they suspect of doing something they can take into custody. But do we need to be giving them any more power? Well, that's a question that a lot of people are asking, right? It's just how far do we need to go? And I think a lot of people are also thinking that this Parliament Hill shooting, okay, obviously a huge tragedy. I was working that day. It was an awful day to be working and uh, and seeing everything come off of that. We were in uh, class that day and just like everything just stood still for a moment just to figure out what, what the hell is going on out there. No, exactly. And huge hugely tragic event and i think you ask anybody in the country and it's it's one of those things where you remember where you were when you heard yeah about that kind of thing at the same time though it's not commonplace right how often has that ever happened on our soil and even with all these extended powers and everything i mean he had already been popping up on several different lists he was RCMP were definitely aware of this man and he was still able to do what he did. And there there always comes a limit of how much you can do and how much you can prepare for things like these because the very definition of terrorism, right, is just to strike fear into the into people. So shouldn't then that like that instance or incident um have been a parliament security issue not a canadian wide freedom issue that is could potentially be threatened and i think that's what a lot of people ended up going off of it is just the government used that as kind of a trampoline to get to this larger issue that i think they'd wanted to tackle for a while and this was kind of a perfect gateway into it for them to introduce c51 and be able to push it through so they're just gonna continue to spy on me and they're gonna be getting away with it all right finally we are going to dive into probably my favorite topic it's just ridiculous this is just (laughs) ridiculous like i couldn't even believe this when well you you'd sent this to me a little while ago and i looked at it and i was i was just speechless you know it's bad when brady is freaking out like a little girl right now thanks Thanks. You're welcome. So what what this is, it's called this tan 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 tattoo or sunburn tattoo that younger people, I mean younger than us, are getting into. Apparently. Apparently this is a thing. I did not know this was a thing. I don't know why it would be a thing. And I mean, disclaimer here, I am a very fair skinned person. (laughs) I am apparently a ginger and I burn very, very easily. Much of a topic during our journalism schooling. Oh my God. Is Brady a ginger or not? Anyways, 
um, a whole other topic right there. Yeah, yeah, we could go on with that. But any, <laughs> anyway, so these kids are going out and they're deliberately getting a sunburn and it looks like they're either like wearing shirts with a pattern cut into them yeah, or, or, or like putting can, on sunscreen in a certain way. Well, or you can draw on yourself or you can put like sticker something to cover a part of your skin that you want it to be right left as your normal skin the healthy version of your skin and then once the tan comes you have this tattoo and it's non-permanent because it's just, a sunburn it, yeah it's just a tan so it's gonna fade come winter time so so you have all those people posting onto social media and then over in the other corner you have the canadian cancer society just doing a big old face palm yeah. like what? So as I'm doing some reading about this, I first came across this on um, Global News. Uh, their article posted up once again, Facebook. And um, they're, and I was just, are you freaking kidding me? Are people seriously going out and risking their health to get a little dinky heart tattoo on their hip or something like that? Like, Really? Well, that's just the thing is, and like all, all joking aside, I've had several, albeit distant, but still family members who've passed away from cancer. And you see what that does to people. It and tears it, it, people apart. And it's not just them. It's their friends and family and everybody else who goes through that with them. And just why you would do something like that that increases your risk so exponentially for it. Well. They're saying on um, the Skin Cancer Foundation that um, on this global article was saying that when you're in your youth and you have five or more sunburns, you're up to 80% higher in a life for like lifetime risk of melanoma. And um, they're also saying that a person's risk doubles if you have more. So that is a huge number. That it's, you're doubling up to 80% more at risk for skin cancer, all because you want a Batman logo on your chest because you think it's badass or something. I will note, I was seeing some of these pictures. There are some really cool pictures. But come on, guys. It's skin cancer. This is a serious issue. Well, and that's just the thing is, and I don't know whether is this just because it's on social media and see in thing to do That's to, to fit in it. on Instagram? Is that, is, is that, where, is that where this is coming from? It's starting, there's a, you put like this hashtag. I don't know what kind of hashtag is it. If you can find out, someone let me know. I think Tattoo Tan was one of them. There's Some, a few different ones they the used. Or the Sunburn, Suntan or something like that. But yeah. there is, they're posting it on Instagram with these hashtags. So you can find these hashtags and see all of these pictures. And there's some people that are lobster red. And it's like, it, guys, that freaking hurts. Well, that's just the first thing. And then it's like, holy crap, how often are you doing this kind of thing? And and again, it just comes back to the why you would take that risk to do something like that just to have your next Instagram post. I, I don't know. It just blows my mind. It's ridiculous. And I... There's no way welcome, I can understand it. Welcome to the world that we live in that we're more concerned about how many likes we can get than getting the good grades at school. What can you do? That's what it comes down to. More likes, less brains.
All right, so this is hot or not. Not the app. No, no, definitely not the <laughs> app. Definitely not the app. So in the news this week, Kaylee, who's hot, who's not? All right, well, for me, I you got it. You have to give kudos and a big pat on the back for everyone who is up north fighting the fires right now. That includes firefighters across the um, the province, any volunteers, anyone who has stayed behind. There's lots of um, of men that have stayed, left their families and stayed behind to help fight surrounding provinces and the, um, the army coming out uh, and fighting all the fires and just they're risking their lives to help save these communities and just try to get everything back to normal. And doing a you heck of a job of it. You can't say thank you enough, really. So that's who I am calling hot for this, uh, for right now. My not so hot, the sunburn people. Like, come on. I'm sorry. I just can't just, get just, over that. Let, let's just not even beat around the bush. They're idiots. They are complete idiots. And if you're, if I have offended you, I don't care because you're the one that's risking yourself for cancer to think to get a cool little tattoo. Go get a freaking real tattoo. I have them. They're not that bad. Speaking of people who are not quite thinking things through, there's also been some cases, and I don't know if there's been as many recently, but when the fires first broke out, there was amateur photographers who were heading up to Saskatchewan's northern uh, areas trying to get pictures of these fires and emphasize to the amateur ones yes and depending on various accounts getting way too close putting themselves in danger and also therefore tying up resources to get them out and there's just way too much that needs to be done up there way bigger priorities stay out of there yeah at least, you know what, the professional photographers that take pictures like that, they're not going to be the ones that are in the way causing problems. But uh, you most likely, may I add? Most likely. Yeah. But uh, hot this week, uh, or for the last little while anyways, U.S. Supreme Court finally uh, legalizing gay marriage right across the United States. Yes. Absolutely should have been done eons yes. ago. Um, Good one. And I don't know, I think it was just something that I remember the morning it came down and it was just one of those really feel good things where it was like, okay, finally, this has happened. It was a long time coming, a long battle for a lot of people who put in a lot of hours and just really invested the last years of their life petitioning for this sort of thing to, actually, to get through. I watched it unfold basically on Snapchat, on the Snapchat story. Right on, they right had, on. They had the equality and the, the gay marriage come up. And I just sat on my couch and I just watched all this Snapchat happening. And, oh, the people were in like walking on cloud nine, basically. And it was so great. So, yeah, no, that is a great one. So U.S. Supreme Court, thumbs up. Good job, guys. Good job. So that basically uh, does it for this time around. Yeah, that we're done. Apparently. That's it. That's our first well, we, episode. We got to stop talking eventually here. I'm going to go have a glass of wine. Uh, I'll join you for that. Sure. It'll, it'll be awesome. Uh, well, thanks for sticking around. If you're still there. Yeah, you. if you are still here, like huge props. That's awesome. Uh, and you know, we, we might have to try to do this again. Yeah, we'll uh, 
we'll let you guys know. We, uh, we're going to have a Facebook page up and running. More than likely, we'll call it In the News. I, I think that would Search for In the News on Facebook. and You'll find that'll us. That'll be us. Um, we each have our own Twitters. Brady Knight. At Brady Knight and the numeral one. Okay, so Brady Knight one. He does a lot of posting about news. He's very informative. Um, I'm also on Twitter. Well, thank I, you. I believe, I always mix up my names. I think I'm at Kay Gilman, my last name. If not, just search for you'll find her. And I post a lot about my server problems and random things that I see throughout the day. So less informative, but funny stories from my night shifts. A lot more humor <laughs> than what you'll get from me. But uh, that just about does it. Thanks for listening. I'm Brady Knight. And I'm Kayla Gelman. Thanks, guys. And we'll see you next time.